somebody paid them for it? This is it. I have such sights to show you. Welcome back. We're talking all things vamps, familiar tramps, bats, blood sucking, garlic rubbing, Transylvania backwoods, Dracula's hood, and everything else under the moonlight this month. And like we said last week, we may be short in the tooth ourselves, but damn it, we are long in the heart <laughs> for this theme. Oh, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whatever and that means. That's fine. And I'll fill you in off the top. I, I've actually been preaching what we've been talking about lately. I've eaten a four cloves of garlic today. Wow. wow. Yeah. I've been feeling a little sick. So the first thing I did is I went to, uh, you know, our local uh, store, got some garlic cloves, and uh, I just went chewing on them. They don't taste very good. What? By themselves. You just eat them really? raw. Yeah. You, you know, you peel them and you eat them. You just saute them a little bit. Or you could get, like, garlic pills. Yeah. Yeah, but... It's not as cool as like thinking about vampires while you're researching for vampires and then like peeling a garlic clove and throwing it in your mouth and just going with it, you know? Mm, true. That's true. Is that what you were is that what you were peeling today? Me and Ash share an office, but yes, that's what I was peeling today in the trash can. Like oh, Ooh, I bet that smelled so good. I was wondering, I was like, is there a burrito <laughs> in here? I didn't know what it was. No, some Italian uh, food just came in. Yeah, so I apologize in my advance for the fiery breath, which probably won't affect anyone listening, but we'll definitely affect uh, my two co-hosts uh, which i'll get into but ash how was your week thus far my week has been pretty good i had yesterday off so i got to lay around and watch movies nice awesome. any good horror movies you watched um i watched fright night yesterday okay um, movie night fright night yeah yeah but i've really been uh i, was, I watched true detective the Have newest episode Jesus Wait, Christ. I haven't started it yet. Um, Macias, how about you? I'm doing well. My mom stayed with me all weekend, and I had somebody come clean my house on Saturday, so nice. it's like spotless. How was that? Awesome. Worth $100. Really? Tipped him 20 It's great. Could you tell? Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. So you had a very good weekend as well. I did. It's great. It's awesome. Zach? For me, oh, for me? Uh, well, uh, it's been good. Before I was sick, me and uh, Maria... Went to Claremont Lounge on Friday and had a lovely yeah. evening staying at the Claremont Sexy Lounge. Sexy picks. A, a, a hotel where Al Capone once stayed. A excellent bar in Atlanta below. Um, it was good. We had a good night. We Did stayed you see out. the strippers? No. We actually uh, had a nice dinner somewhere. Went back and went to the bar at uh, Claremont. Where did you have dinner? Uh, the Mercury. Mercury Lounge. Yeah. yeah I've been good. there. Yeah, awesome it was really place. good. Um, but overall, really good night. It's always interesting to stay in a hotel where um, a lot of history's happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you want to read something interesting, just look up uh, Atlanta Motor Hotel and see how they renovated it. Because it took a very large amount of money to renovate something that was a shithole before. It looked yeah. beautiful, the pictures. Yeah, no, the, the room was really nice. Aside from waking up to some hip-hop music being played really loudly outside. Well, that's Atlanta. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even in Atlanta. It was a kickboxing studio that put all their windows down oh, and started uh, blasting at. Yeah. yeah. Not very happy with that. Hmm. You know, why'd you do that? Yeah. Kind of a dickhead move. Um, but this week we are talking about Fright Night, the 1985 Tom Holland classic. And uh, I would say it's a pretty fun one. What do you guys think? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, maybe not as horrific as fun, but it's definitely a humorous movie. It takes place in the 80s. And I, I think for some of our fans, uh, maybe not necessarily myself, it carries a large amount of nostalgia. Yeah. You know? 
Um, definitely for my brother, who's about 11 years older than me. He's a big Fright Night fan. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a huge Fright Night fan. So he must have seen it, you know, a few years after it came out. Yeah. Um, out of the two other vampire movies we've covered so far, this movie is by far the most popular. Yes. Yeah. Um, it boasts a very different vampire altogether. I don't know if you guys remember from the first two episodes that we did. But in the first movie, we kind of had a young existential vampire. Mm-hmm. You know, a girl walks home alone at night, that Persian Western vampire movie we did. Or last week, we had the ultra classic, like Nosferatu esque uh, vampire that, you know, doesn't come out at, in the society at all, uh, stays in, has that cracked makeup face. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, this week, we're kind of getting to the third type we talked about uh, in that first episode with Fright Night, and we're presented with a super charming, very cute, so cute. ladies' man that yeah. is very successfully camouflaged. And he turns into a bat. None of the other ones turned into a bat. Yeah. And the the vampires can turn into werewolves. Yeah. I was or like, not werewolves, just wolves. Yeah. Which is part of that lore, too, I guess. And he's married to Susan Sarandon. Is he? I mean, he's he was. Chris Sarandon. Oh, that's her husband? That's how yeah. she got that name. That's how oh, she got know. it. But they divorced like in the early, like in the 70s or early 80s. I think yeah. the 70s. I it was before her career kicked off. They're a cute couple. But at some point, they were married, which yeah. is really hot. So this, hot couple. This, this guy is just, you know, put, oh, he's put, a, dreamy. put a finger on it. You're going to get some sizzle off of it. That's right. <laughs> um, and I think out of all the vampires, this one might scare me the most because they have the intelligence and the ability to charm that usually those animalistic vampires don't. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Out of the three vampires we've covered thus far, which one would you less prefer to hang out with or see? Again, like, which one scares you the most? This one. Because his eyes get all crazy. Yeah, but he's sexy before he kills you. Yeah. He's very sexy before he kills you. Because, you know, Salem's lot, you're getting like, you know, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I'm dead. Yeah. You know, a girl mm. walks home alone at night. Like she'd probably be able to be uh, someone you go to get a few drinks with. Yeah, but... as a woman, I'm not scared of her. Yeah, yeah, because so, she probably wouldn't fuck with me. So maybe you guys are talking about the vampire in Fright Night. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Jerry Dandridge. Okay, well, uh, to get beyond vampires with this movie, I really wanted to quickly talk about some uh, neighbor annoyances because in this movie, yes, it's about vampires. Yes, it's about horror. Yes, it's about this young kid finding out what's going on in this uh, this mystery detective series. But really, it's about a r- annoying neighbor, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's about this kid. And I don't know if you're going to classify yourself as who is the annoying neighbor. I think the kid's actually the annoying neighbor. Yeah, yeah. man. Just I mean, leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Don't touch it. It gave you multiple opportunities. Yeah. You could have you could have been like the cool vampire guy. Yeah, yeah, you guys like go like that when you see each other. Yeah, and he'll probably like throw you a hot chick every once in a while. Yeah. Throw you a bone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. throw you a bone. Maybe make you come over and drink underage. Make sure you can see the tits through the window. I was about Hell to yeah. say he yeah. leaves the curtain up maybe for yeah. the boy. Yeah. yeah. But no, he had to be the little narc. And here we are talking about annoying neighbors. So I'm going to tell you guys about five stories about some annoying neighbors, some headlines, and see what you guys think about that. Is that Fantastic. Right? Okay. So number one, this is, a, this is a pretty good one. Detroit woman convicted of killing two people, suspected of killing nine, had a pact with her husband that upon any infidelity, they would both kill the partner's unlawful partner together. Oh. Not over yet. So again, they are going to kill whoever they cheat on together. Uh, where this gets weirder is shortly after the disappearance of one of the men that she had been cheating on her husband with, they had a barbecue. And at the barbecue, they served their neighbors this meat that they were like, one neighbor saying, it was a real strange tasting burger. 
So uh, it's theorized that they killed this dude, and the reason they can't find him is because they fed them to the neighbors or that's fed him to the neighbors. Really smart. Do you think that's real? It's, this is a real headline. She's been charged. She's getting life in prison. Oh wow! Because she later killed her husband by injecting him with heroin. But oh shit, uh, that's a good idea. It is. It's probably the best way to go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, <laughs> Sweet. crazy, right? Yeah. Have that's a, have smart a way to do it, though. Would it be wrong if I would have been like? A kind of a fun barbecue to go to, I bet. Probably. Because you would be able to have human flesh without having the guilt yeah. of killed the person. Can you imagine what the people thought after when all the news came out that they oh, had eaten him? I'm sure it's a bunch of conservatives that hated it, but like me, I'd be like, Maria, like, we did it. We've made it. <laughs> We've had the meat. I, it's even hard for me to eat raw fish when I'm like thinking about what it is. Yeah, really? true. Yes. I don't think I could be able to do a, a flesh burger. Okay. Flesh burger. Flesh burger aside, we have number two. Sacramento neighbor hangs multiple posters of swastikas around his house and will not take them down, invoking freedom of speech. Unfortunately, this is something that uh, actually works for him and he's able to keep it up. And this is really less of a story other than the other than the fact that I think this is probably where vigilante justice could work best. Of like, we the cops can't take it off. We you just need some like shitty teenagers to go like yeah. take it off, roll it, burn the house down. Draw like. Spray dick, paint dicks all over it. Dicks all over it, and I bet in a second that guy takes the squashkas down. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than a squashka to a Nazi than a bunch of four dicks in a circle. However, yeah. though, this seems like the type of guy who'd probably have a gun in his house and yeah. waiting for people to yep. come vandalize it. Be like, you're on my property, you're dead. Oh, yeah. exactly. Um, but that didn't end well. Uh, I think they're still up. It was a long time ago. Okay. What a bastard. Well, a good way to keep people away, I guess. A different version of a shady neighbor, that's for sure. Ugh. Especially in Sacramento. Yeah. Kind of weird. You Wrong know? place to live. I'm used to that kind of tone in Georgia, but like Sacramento? I don't know. I don't know. Nazis are hidden all over the place. American History X, I'm pretty sure it took place in California. That's true. Okay. Well, then maybe I'm uh, overselling our state's racism. But not <laughs> to. Let's get back to our state. Let's get into Georgia, homegrown territory here. We're talking about Philip Roger Bennett of Cartersville, Georgia. He got in an argument with his neighbor because his neighbor wasn't cutting his grass. Aw. You know? And I, I can I can get this. Like, sometimes my dad would call code enforcement on our neighbors that would cut their grass because it's too high. It looks yeah, like it makes shit. You, yeah, it makes your, all your houses Property shit. value is yeah. plummeting. So yeah. this guy goes and gets an argument with this guy that wasn't the first time apparently it told him to cut his grass. The guy doesn't cut his grass. He goes back inside to watch TV. But Philip's not done. He comes back with a brick and a bunch of gasoline. He comes in the house and says, you need to get out now. The family leaves and he throws a brick through the window, uh, puts gasoline everywhere, and then lights the house on fire and burns it down before leaving the scene. Holy shit. So he just burns the, the neighbor's house down. Whoa. Talk about rage. Yeah. <laughs> oh the problem is God. he's going to be in jail for a long time. Well, at least the grass is burnt. Down. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure his house probably looks a lot better as across the street. Wow. Except he's not yeah. allowed to live in his house now or pay rent payments on it or anything. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Oh. Who's cutting his grass? Uh good question. Who's cutting his grass now if he's in jail, you know? Mm. Uh who watches the watchman? Uh, so story number four <laughs> uh is a good one. This is a Tampa Bay, so a Florida man story. Tampa Bay man takes his neighbors to an NFL game as a gift. That's pretty nice. Yeah. You know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. I mean, they are the shittiest team in football. But aside from that, going to an NFL game costs a lot. 
and it was only for his neighbors to find out that he had previously stolen their identity and had been paying for the game, the drinks, the gas, everything on their card when they received $3,000 credit what? card bill oh after the fact. Oh my God. What a psycho. That sounds like some Florida shit. That's some. That's almost crazier than the guy like burning down his neighbor's house because his grass wasn't cut. It's like you you spent their money on them so they would know. Or that's like, so bold. Yeah. That's very bold. And then what, did Hockey. he flee? I wonder if he fled. Uh, I think he probably did flee. He was also known as a, a very uh, big doctor imitator. Interesting. Ooh, yeah, there's a lot of malpractice stuff going on there too. Professional scammer. I would be so fucking sad if my identity got stolen. I thought you were about to say I'd be sad if I was excited to see a Tampa Bay game. <laughs> well, their stadium is a big pirate ship, so that is pretty neat. True. That's cute. Yeah. All yeah, right. Very true. Uh, my story number five is probably my favorite, so we're going to spend a little more time on it, but uh, just stay with me here. Staten Island resident, so we're going up northeast, has been uh, locked into a 25-year-old brawl with some neighbors. So it's an old lady and her husband. Her husband dies. She's been arguing with neighbors around her for stuff like fence violations, uh, trees going down the yard, very, from what I was reading, normal stuff that neighbors argue about. The story did take place in 2007, but... Around that time, she upped the insanity on her neighbors a bit by ordering two trucks of manure to be dumped in her yard. So you're thinking, okay, that's kind of weird. She's dumping it in her yard. She was then seated barefoot and with her hands spreading it over her whole property. So her whole property is just coated in shit now. What? And then she left it. And so what happens is the flies start coming, the rats start coming, the smell starts coming, and she literally ruined this block on Staten Island. It's a historic house they can't knock down just from placing all of this shit in her front yard, which no one can do anything about. What is psycho? Whoa. That's some next level revenge shit. At first I was like, oh, she's just lonely and that's her way of like communicating with people. But nope. that, no. No. Nope. Wow. They said they could not open a window up when this was going on because it was just smelled like rotten air and they had to run oh the my AC God. constantly because any stagnant air would start to collect and there was just flies and rats. How was she everywhere. living like that? How, well, I don't know. She, I oh, no damn. Yeah. Gross. I would probably murder her. I'd probably go to jail for the rest of my <laughs> life and be like, I'm just going to end you right now because yeah. you don't deserve to live. And all this to say is that the vampire in Fright Night was not that bad of a neighbor nah. at all. No. No. Like, he didn't do anything other than maybe kill a prostitute here and there, you yeah. know? Like, he didn't even ask uh, anyone's hand in marriage. He wasn't trying to get the boy to do his yard work. No. He wasn't uh, trying to put manure in his lawn. No. He just wanted to keep it himself. Yeah. This movie is basically about a teenager who sees his new neighbor moving in, and he starts seeing weird shit happen, like we were talking about prostitutes coming Boobs. in. Boobs. And people not leaving, but then he would see in the middle of the night, there'd be body bags and they'd be getting rid of the bodies. So he just got really fucking nosy yeah. and he's trying to get rid of his vampire neighbor. And he calls on this television actor who did horror TV shows to come help him get rid of the undead. Mm -hmm. Think Vincent Price? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But not Vincent Price? Oh, so cool. I wish they could have actually got Vincent Price, but he was old, wasn't he? He was too old at the time, and he was trying to get away from doing horror movies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's essentially the movie. Yeah. Vampire moves in, shit goes down, disturbia happens. Pretty much. Girlfriend gets stolen by vampire. Boy must save girlfriend. Yeah. She wasn't even that hot. Kind of hot. I thought she was hot. She was cute. She was hot. She was hot. cute. 
She's a cutie. Yeah. But essentially, it's your basic horror thriller, kind of teeny bopper movie. Um, also, you could consider it monster, vampire, yeah. and in a perfect 80s time capsule oh, of yeah. like 80s yes. culture. If you were to show this to some extraterrestrials, be like, this is exactly what it was like at the time. I, I think it. like Monster Squad adult yes. version. Uh-huh. For sure. You know, it reminded me so much of Monster Squad. Except they use like the F word. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, malo- it's obviously more gory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those Which special effects, by the way, woo. They were so fun. Good. I loved it. Yeah. I was, was really, really happy job. about that. So Tom Holland, he wrote and directed this and he is no stranger to this podcast. If you listen to our Child's Play and Thinner episodes, he directed those as well. And he grew up with old school Universal monster movies and the late night horror shows with the spooky hosts. And at the time that he had the idea for Fright Night, it was a time in the 80s when monster movies were a joke. People were making fun of them, making horror comedies. Because they just, you know, they knew that nobody was scared of that anymore. Because they had been fucking like slamming that into the ground in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Yeah. 70s. Like, of course, no one was afraid of it anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. I feel like we're going to get that way at some point with like purely paranormal horror movies. Because there's only so many things that can happen without there actually being a figure there, like a lamp moving that would actually start frightening people. Yeah. I think it's always going to be scary. We'll see. But that's just me. And this was also a time, too, when people were doing spoofs on the like the old school TV horror host. Like I think Elvira was like in the 80s. That was I mean, that wasn't really a spoof, but it wasn't scary. And then there was another there's the character I think of is on the Crypt Keeper. He's not. He's a host. He's creepy. Kind of. I think he's, he's creepy. He's not super creepy, but you're talking about like the in this movie having the old man and that character. Yeah. Like Elvira definitely fits that. Um, I don't, but there, the, there's another one too in, in Gremlins too when they're in New York. There's like um, they have different like TV stations on every floor of the building that they attack, and one of them is like this old vampire guy, and he's yeah. just like be a shit. But it's almost like Vincent Price too, because I believe he had a show at one point where yeah. he yeah. kind of hosted and showed his own movies. But yeah. You now you got the creepy old man. Yeah, but it's back fun. then it was creepy. Like when that came out, this is not, no. yeah. you know, at this time it wasn't, it was just goofy. Um, this was also a time when the horror genre was saturated with slasher flicks. Um, Holland said in an, in an interview that it was basically like everyone was trying to remake John Carpenter's Halloween over and over again. Yeah. Um, and there's a line in, that Peter Vincent says in the movie that captures Holland's feelings about horror at the time. He was saying no one wants to see vampires anymore. He said all they want are demented madmen running around in ski masks, hacking up young versions. That's virgins. pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would mean, say about the 80s. And about this podcast. We've covered more slasher films than we have many yeah. other type because, you know, they're some of the best horror movies that happened in the best time of horror. I think it so. seems more realistic. And it's, you know, what's funny too is you, like we were talking about monster movies not being scary slasher movies you know they're not scary to me i think because like you said it's just like what else can you do it's just like same shit over and over but that's it's more nostalgia for me than it is like actually scaring yeah and type the back end for me for paranormal movies i hate those or they truly frighten me because like that is something that overarches any type of uh time span or geographical location yeah some spirit that's straight up murking on you yeah Mm -mm. it's always scary Mm -mm. so holland thought a great idea would be like a boy cried wolf story a teen looking out the window and seeing a vampire next door because no one would believe him and he asked himself, what would I do if I were this kid and this was happening to me and there was a monster living next door? And he was like, you know what? 
I'd probably reach out to one of those late night TV horror hosts that seemed to know so much about monsters and see what they would do. I love how he so easily was able to find Peter Vincent. Like, just walk into his car. Yeah, just like, happened to be getting fired that day. Yeah, no big deal. Did you guys know that the uh, where that whole scene took place, where he's walking to his car, was the exact same first scene of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers took place? Well, I saw that, yeah. Pretty cool. Very I mean, cool. I'm, I'm obviously, they reuse a lot of things in Hollywood, yeah. but it's kind of cool to see a classic horror movie not re-envisioned. I don't know if they even meant it that way. but Or maybe it's a little nod. Yeah. Maybe. Let's yeah. say it's a little nod. I like the I nods. Think, I think Tom Holland needs all the credit he can get if he's going to get a better score than Child's Play or Thinner. I loved yeah. Thinner. Uh, okay. Did yeah. you like Thinner more than... Well, we'll get into that. Mm. More than Child's Play? Fuck yeah. Cool. I'm not saying... I'm saying this Whoa. Movie. I didn't like Child's Play. Okay. It was okay. No. It's like, just silly. It yeah. is like, silly. Like, you could kill that... Little doll, like in fuck, I could fart on that doll and he'd probably go down. He'd like, probably stab you in the ass. Just, cheek. You could <laughs> yeah. just stomp him. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, we we are gonna leave the child's play two debate. Okay. So anyway, uh, <laughs> as far as the production company Columbia Pictures, when they were making this, they had two other big name movies they were working on, so they're pretty much hands off. And considering this was Holland's first movie he ever directed, that's pretty incredible. Oh, this one yeah. was? This was his first one, 1985. But he was really popular at the time for like writing screenplays. Yeah, yeah. he did a lot of other stuff, but but as far as directing, yeah. it was his first one. So it was great. He was like, it was awesome. I really like, I didn't have to have anybody like micromanaging. Micromanaging or like, why did you do it this way and that way? He, he got to like take the reins and do what he wanted with this, which is awesome. And who other than Jamie Lee Curtis and John Travolta in a movie called Perfect to block him from that? Yeah, he was just like, have you ever heard of this movie? And the guy was like, no. He's like, yeah, exactly. Like, this yeah. movie was way better. And there was another movie that, that was really big, too, that the that Columbia was working on. I but it's just like, name. this overshadowed all of it. Yeah. It's kind of funny because that's, that's the least supervision. Yeah. They gave him complete control to do everything because yeah. they didn't even have the time. They're watching John Travolta suck Jamie Lee Curtis's lip. Have you seen this movie? I mean, I'm just guessing that that happened. Oh, I'm like, I kind of wanted to see yeah. that. Yeah. What are you talking mean, about? Sure. It's called Perfect. It came out in 1985. You guys can Ooh, look it up. Never yeah. heard about it before. I'm sure it's not great. It is the story that's almost, real. you know, it's related to today. It's a female aerobics instructor meets a male reporter doing a story on health. But it isn't love at first sight. Oh, they hate each other and then they fall in love? Weird. Yeah. Never heard that one. Nope. <laughs> so if you guys want to check that out, uh, please do. I was literally watching the proposal two nights ago, which is like the same. How many times have we seen this story? And Mrs. Maisel. Oh my gosh, too much. Yeah. Couples hate two people hating each other at first and then falling what, in love. What was that when Harry met Sally? Or no, you've got mail. You've got mail. Yes. Both. I don't. Mean, I don't remember yeah. when Harry met Both. Sally. She has yeah. an orgasm at a diner. That's the only part you need. Big to know. one. But yeah, and they hate each other at first too in yeah. the car. Damn. Yeah. Classic story. I'm just waiting for that person to come around <laughs> that I fucking hate. And I'm like, you're the one. Maybe you've already met them and you're like still in the hate mode. Maybe it's Trump, guys. Oh, no. Man. Maybe that's what it. What a lovable person. Oh, yeah. You know, just turns around. He's probably a really good guy underneath. We just need to get to know him. He can give you a lobotomy. Layers of self tanning and. Ugh, Cheeto dust. Anyway, let's talk anyway, about the cast here. Let's do. Um, so they did two weeks of rehearsing before they started filming this. Holland said they could have toured as a stage play by the time they started shooting. So essentially, once they turned on the cameras, this was like two to three takes for each scene, and it was done. So nice. They were like they had the shit nice. tight. Sounds efficient. Yeah, very efficient. Chris Sarandon he played Jerry Dandridge, the sexy vampire. Mm. 
If he looks familiar to you, you're probably remembering him from his role as the detective in Child's Play. Fright Night, of course, came out three years prior to Child's Play, though, and at the time, Sarandon was a busy actor. Holland, again, this was his first time directing, so he had to convince him, like, please be in this movie. Yeah. Please be my vampire. And thank God he did. And I think this is, like, definitely his most memorable role so yeah. good job for taking it i remember him reading or him saying that initially he wasn't gonna take the role he's like i can't do a fucking horror movie as the main villain and then he like read the script and was talking to his wife and was like yo yo dog this script's actually pretty good i'm gonna flat hell yeah him. he's so sexy yeah he is sexy mm. i'd i'd lick his lip Ooh. i would too yeah he's pretty hot yeah uh, did you notice there were a few scenes in the movie where he's eating an apple yeah. randomly? Yes. And you're like, why? Yeah. It's happening. That's the same. Maria asked that question uh, immediately. Huh. She's like, vampires don't eat. Yeah. He did like, apparently he did research on like bats and vampires and stuff. And he was just like, I don't know. I guess like it was his idea. Like, I guess, you know, Jerry Dandridge has a little fruit bat in him. But I don't yeah. know. It did not translate. It, I don't think it translates at all because that's like uh, trying to play a werewolf and be like, you know, I'll watch dog videos. Like, you know, I'm going yeah. you know, to be licking my ass or eating out of a bowl on the ground. Well, right. Spike and Angel drink alcohol and coffee, so. What? Okay. They they drink blood, too, but they drink the others for pleasure. Oh, cool. And always, I'm sure, it depends on, like, the vampire uh, universe of the person's living in. That's yeah. true. And this one, you want to talk about plot holes and rules in this movie, throw that out. Yeah. Logic goes to the wind for this. If you caught a little bit also of the gay vibe between Jerry and Jonathan Stark's character, Billy Cole. Yes. You were not imagining that. Is familiar? Yes. Really? Holland like intentionally wrote that with some like homosexual undertone. I feel like that's classic Dracula vibes, like classic vampire vibes. They're just like, they love everybody. They want to like rub up on everybody. Sexy. They don't yeah, care about, they don't give a they don't shit. They don't care about rules. Which, between vampires, I, I get. But also, like, Billy Cole, we never find out what the hell he is. He's his, like, little... I would imagine, like, in uh, last week's movie, his, like, little helper. But he's not a human. He's not a human because all that stuff weird happens at the end. Yeah. Oh. Um, I read online that people argue he's a zombie. Yeah, I thought that, too, when I was watching it, but I didn't re I didn't see anything about it. He's too it. conscious. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but if you go to the fan page for this website, Billy Cole's list is a zombie. Maybe he's a warlock. But he could. he's also a familiar, and he's also not a human, but not a vampire. Some right. People, some people say he's a half-vampire, which mm. I don't know if that means, because maybe you can be in sunlight, but he's definitely able to do things that he wasn't able to do, like touch the cross and be outside. Yeah. But has green blood? Yeah, yeah. that's weird. Is he an ogre? I don't know. I don't want to no. think too much on it or it'll keep me up tonight. If you start thinking about, if you start, you yeah. just can't dissect this movie and try no. and find meaning in it. Well, not too deep. Uh, Amanda Bierce, she played Amy Peterson, the cutie little girl next door. Um, Holland was trying to find the perfect girl to play her and ended up with her, even though she was 27 years old. That's when so they typical this. in like teen movies, though. I've never noticed. I, people are always like, when they watch movies, they're like, oh, yeah, that. That girl's definitely like in her twenties. There's no way that she's a teenager. I'm like, Scream. I didn't notice. I know what you did last summer. I didn't notice. Some of those you notice, especially like Scream. I know you did last summer. But yeah. This movie, I could see her being yeah. younger. Mm -hmm. but she, she does. She had like the curls and like the ribbons in her hair. Also had some wrinkles around her eyes. I noticed. Did you? She looked yeah. older to me than he did. Chris what? Sarandon? No. The no. boy, the dipshit boyfriend. Charlie. God. Charlie Brewster. Not a fan of him. I thought he was cute, though. Um, also, I wanted to know if she looked familiar to you at all. Who? Amanda Beers. She looked familiar to me? Yeah, or Burse. I mean, she looks like a you know 40-year-old librarian in the future. 
I work with somebody that looks like a version of her. Generic. I couldn't put my no. finger on it, but she was Marcy from Married with Children, like the next door neighbor. I never watched it. No? Don't okay. Like it. Never mind. That the intro song like ruined it for me. What? Give me like chills. So I had to get out of the room. Okay, whatever. Stephen Jeffries played Evil Ed. Loved him. Apparently, he's huh? such a weird actor. Oh, weird. He's so, so funny. Weird. He's like a like uh, a hyena. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. are they friends? Are they not? Like, he's, what's his tension? Why do they call him evil? I would like to know. He's like into like dark shit. Yeah. So essentially, some people think that his character was supposed to represent like the gay kid getting picked on. Um, Where'd you get? Th- I don't get that. I y'all. don't. This apparently is what people thought. And Holland. Hollins responded to that, and he said, that's not the way I wrote it, but I guess you could view it that way. He said, I was more thinking of him as who I was as a kid. The weirdo that liked scary movies and gore and read EC Comics, was, which was like a comic book company that did like a lot of like Tales from the Crypt type, type stuff. He was like, it was not cool to like scary things when I was younger. It was just, it did not, that didn't get cool until like 70s or 80s. Yeah, he was like the outcast. Yeah. So that's kind of who Evil Ed represented. And he's like socially awkward. But yeah, it's weird as shit. This I kid. loved him. I thought he was great. Like, why are you laughing and talking like that? Yeah. It's just funny how things like regenerate in other uh, eras because now he would be like the coolest kid on the college campus. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, because true crime and horror, like. Oh, it's know, so cool. It's so cool to be it's into. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So at the heart of this movie, we have Peter Vincent. Yeah. He was the cowardly lion character. He was played by Roddy McDowell. So, Ash, as you said, he had Vincent Price in mind to play this, but again, he was too old and didn't want to do horror. So I'm glad he chose McDowell, though, because he was the one that came up with the idea to make Price's character kind of like a washed-up horror TV host, like a hack, you know, like nobody watched that show anymore. Yeah. Yeah. His backstory is supposedly like he used to be in great movies when he was younger, and this was like the last job he could get, and, you know, obviously he's getting evicted. Whereas if it was Vincent Price, they would have probably stayed to the original where it's uh, actual, like, you know, renowned vampire killer has shows. But, yeah, I do think that crease where he uh, he's kind of a washed washed up, shitty, cowardly. It did make me think if that was kind of a dig at Vincent Price. I don't think so. So McDowell's reasoning was that he was like, as an actor, I am not on the level of Vincent Price. Yeah. So he thought, he's like, I'm not going to try and be him. I'm just going to try and be like, like kind of like a, mm. a Walmart version. Actually. A Walmart he version. Yeah. He was. Yeah. yeah. He was. Yeah. Did you guys notice similarities between this and Salem's Lot? Um, I've noticed the familiars and setting up in a house and kind of renovating and doing the antique stuff. Often. Yeah. Is kind of similar, but not much else out of that. I like. I thought it a little bit when I watched the movie, but there were actually quite a few tributes in there to it. So really, uh, but again, like the old house, them like selling antiques to get yeah. by, um, the human familiar standoff on the staircase, oh. like at the end, end of the movie. Nice. Um, the basement battle right before dawn. I guess there is a lot. And yeah. then yeah, and then the kid and and vampire killer like duo, or the kid and adult vampire oh. killer duo. Weird. Yeah. And I think we, I you know, when we were when we were doing Salem's Lot while researching, uh, Fright Night was in the list of movies that were inspired by Salem's Lot. Which Makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. It's which, definitely like a specific style of horror movie or mm-hmm. like type of horror movie. Fun. I like this one better though. Way better. Yes. Yeah like monster squad it's yeah. fun it's fun and i like 
so nostalgic for the 80s for me. Like, yeah. even though I didn't see it as a kid, I just really appreciated a lot of... I love the music. I love the music. Oh, like, the dance so club scene was great. That was a great scene. That was great. That was a sexy scene. That was scene. sexy. You could not make that shit today, man. No. You could not. Even the opening scene when Charlie has his hand up Amy's blouse. Like, yeah. She's like, no, stop, stop. I said stop. I'm like, in the Me Too movement. Yeah, oh, great. I was immediately thinking that. I was like, yes. that guy should have stopped like two or three times yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, dog, you're pushing, you're pushing uh, being blackballed in Hollywood at this point. Yeah, honestly. It, even the, and before that, like when the movie starts, I thought it was really cool that you think you're listening to the like people talking, but really it was like this old classic yeah. movie. I loved that. Yeah. That was neat. It was fun. But and also like the older vampire, like Jerry preying on her. I'm like, she's supposed to be 16. And he's like, what? How many hundreds of years old or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Could not make that today. Vampires he's like grabbing are perks like that. Bit statutory. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I'd be okay with it mm. as a 16 year old. Me too. But I digress. <laughs> Terrible. But you can't really talk about any of these scenes, and even before we get to special effects, without talking about how the movie is budgeted. Um, it was budgeted for roughly $9.5 million. That's a big uh, one. Yeah. Yeah, especially for this time period. And um, in the majority of this money was spent on special effects, where it was mostly spent, which is also something that's unusual for a movie, to put all, most of their money into special effects, which is crazy, you know? I read somewhere this movie was actually the first vampire movie dedicate over one million dollars on vampire special effects alone. Cool. Oh. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Especially 1985 when you've had so many vampire movies before that we've talked about. Well done. Um, so this budget's a little larger. You would imagine that Columbia would have more control over it, but like Macias was saying, because they had perfect with John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis to worry about, they really gave him kind of doing whatever he wanted to, casting-wise, special effects-wise plot choices and due to that this was Columbia's cheapest project at the time which is interesting damn that's nuts yeah so the movie ended up doing really well at the box office it made six million in the first weekend and it made uh, approximately 25 million overall wow it killed it yeah uh, it was the 10th highest R-rated movie to come out in 1985 oh yeah which is interesting because 1985 was actually a pretty popular year for movies in general and it's kind of funny this movie even saved more money by filming within three months and uh, filming at a studio neighborhood on the Disney back lot. Cute. So it, it was in California. It's through and through a Hollywood movie. There's nothing special about where it was filmed. It looked like a normal small town USA. Right. Yeah. It's probably the same place that a lot of other movies have been filmed. Yeah. But, um, but if you want to go into what we spent the money on, which, which is we're talking about these scenes that have all these great things happening, you're really going to start talking about special effects. And when we're talking about special effects in, in Fright Night, it's impossible not to talk about practical effects because this movie is only practical effects, which I think is why it costs so much money, which is also why I think it's such a popular horror movie because it looks so good. Yes. It's just, you just don't expect the, I did not expect that, like those practical effects, those transformations. And yeah. that was, I was blown away. You don't see that in a vampire movie. It's just sexy people walking around. Yeah, I was like cruising in this movie like, eh, it's okay, it's okay. And then all of a sudden you get all these like Evil Dead style slash American Werewolf style, yeah. Dead Alive yeah. style fucking special effects. Oh, yeah. you're one of those movies. Hell yeah. That's if great. If you can't tell, we love practical effects way over CGI. And this is, this is the era right before that. So we're hitting a, a really good stride with what this movie did. Um, and it wouldn't have happened without a strong visual effects team, uh, which starts with Richard Edlund. Have you heard of Richard Edlund before? No. Which is weird, because we talk about special effects people all the time. But imagine this guy is basically the Savini 
of regular movie world. Oh, fun. Where he does everything. Okay. Um, Ed Lund got his first start being cameraman for the OG Star Wars back in the 70s. All oh. right. He got an Academy Award in his first go through. Wow. And then uh, he comes back. Guess what? For Empire Strikes Back, gets another Academy Award, snatches that up. And then he's in some uh, some small time movies, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Poltergeist, Return of the Jedi. Whoa! It does Ghostbusters right before this movie. No. This guy's just like, again, he he is a large scale visual effects artist that did not do a lot of horror. Shame on us for not knowing about him. Well, I don't watch normal movies. So. Yeah, but Ghostbusters. I don't. I hate Bill Murray. Ugh. No, we're not gonna, We don't need to get into for it for another time. Fine. Yeah, another I don't time. even. He's, he's the hipster guy. No, so I'm not cool. even talking about that. I'm talking so about cool. your eh of Ghostbusters, bro. No, I'm not. Get eh it together. Of Ghostbusters, I'm eh of anything Bill Murray. But Ghostbusters. Caddyshack. Fuck Caddyshack. It's fine. Oh uh, man, oh man. <laughs> uh, so because of his uh, familiarity in Ghostbusters with a lot of the ghosts and paranormal stuff. They did a, a very easy transition into this movie, and they were able to save so much money because they had just come off doing like a low-skill horror movie. Uh, for example, remember that disgusting bat that was that someone transformed into? That An was, awesome bat. Well, I say disgusting. I mean awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, that was dope. That was made for Ghostbusters, but it was too um, not PG for the movie, so they okay. scrapped it. And then they were like, "Yo, we made this thing for Ghostbusters. Let's just repurpose it for this movie." Perfect. Well, it was really cool. Another one I remembered that wasn't listed anywhere, but remember when the uh, the vampire familiar Billy explodes with green blood? Yes. Best uh, ever. Does that look like ectoplasm to you? Yeah. Mm, it does. Ooh. Same crew that did Ghostbusters. They, they just had everything on the top of their head. They, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. And they had worked with Ghostbusters in a, a much larger budget before this. Um, yeah. So they're basically just like having fun at this point. So let's just look at some of the favorite scenes that we had and some practical effects. Starting simple... The colored contacts. Okay, so we talked about colored contacts with Salem's Lot, right? Yeah. This movie gives even more light to how difficult they were to use because colored contacts were still in their infancy and pretty much made the person blind while using them. Oof. Uh, so much so that Chris Sarandon, our vampire, kept tripping over the stairs or the wall when he was chasing Charlie in the last scene because he had two fucking contacts in his eyes, couldn't see anything. Oh, damn. Oof. So the director, Tom Holland, was... Uh, at some point saying, hey, just take one out. So he took one out. They filmed from a different angle. And he was able to see where he's going. Oh, nice. Okay. So these things also hurt your eyes a lot. So for the actress Amanda, who played the girlfriend in the movie, when she was turned, had to wear them. She was complaining that the pain was unbearable. She tried to do it. Everyone was like, okay, well, we'll look at it. We'll figure out what's wrong with your uh, contacts. They take them out just to realize they hadn't been buffed at all. And they were still sharp. <gasps> so she had been putting like oh uncut my God. pieces oh my God. of glass in her eye. That's Ooh. how you go blind, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I mean, she's not blind unless I haven't read that about her. Uh, if you go back to Evil Ed, Joffrey. Yeah. The, Stephen Jeffries. Stephen Jeffries. Uh, he kept his on for 40 minutes while filming for one of the scenes. And he reported that he had scratches on his cornea for about a few months after. Oh, my God. Shit. I know. Which is ridiculous. Like... They, they, they are taking literal sacrifices to make this movie. That's nuts. Yeah. So onto the transformation scenes. Um, in in uh, watching practical horror transformation scenes, I really think the only transformation scene that could do any uh, better job was American Werewolf yeah. from London. Yeah, uh, for sure. So good. Yeah, I think they kind of fight, but I think American Werewolf from London is a little better. Yeah. Um, so with Chris Sarandon's vampire transformation, it took eight hours a day to put the makeup on when he was in that different vampire. Fuck that. He, it was so long that he got bored, and because of his work in theater, 
he would help the special effects artist put the makeup on himself. He would do the fingers when they were in the face. Those fingers were creepy. Yeah, they were. And because he had the fingers on, he wasn't able to pee. So they would joke around with him like, yo, Chris, like, can I hold your penis while you pee? Oh, man. And he was like, no, I'm just going to use his coat hanger. So he'd use some coat hangers oh, to my like, God. help himself pee, which is interesting. Um, upon one day of completing all of eight hours of makeup, one of the producers walked over to Chris and said, hey, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but we don't need to film this today. Oh, no. What? But instead of being a dickhole actor, like we've talked about in a lot of other sets, Chris just said, okay, took it off. And then one of the uh, the other actors, I think it was the, the the main boy, was quoted saying, I would have gone through the roof, but he didn't. His will had already been broken by that point. Oh. So he just didn't freak out, which is nice. Like you want yeah, to that's that's really nice. You know, he's also getting paid, I don't know, millions of dollars. Maybe not millions at this point in history, but... More money than we make in a year. Yes, probably. Sure. Yeah. I hope. So let's not give too much praise. Uh, but the craziest makeup day goes to uh, Evil Ed. Yeah. The Jeffries character. Uh, his wolf transformation took an 18-hour makeup job to make, which is fucking... Yeah. That's, that's almost a day. That's a day. That was I, such a cool scene. It was so cool. You can't slow cook meat that long. Yeah. His body was so creepy looking. That was like creepy looking. Yeah. But it gets even worse. Like once they were getting towards the end, they started pouring like the saliva like and uh, the saliva like liquid down the wolf's mouth to make it look like it's foaming. And so he starts complaining. He's like, yo, dog, like, uh, you know, this is tasting really bad. And they were like, oh, fuck. And they're using the wrong bottle and they're actually <gasps> pouring adhesive. Oh, my God. And it was like could potentially have like locked up his mouth. Jesus Christ. Whoa. Yeah, they were supposed to be using this pretty benign uh, liquid, but they accidentally were using this adhesive. So he just, aside from scratching his eye and then having yeah. this 18-hour job, he definitely didn't get paid as much as any of the main actors. He took one for the team. He took Ooh. a few for the team. Um, another cool part of this movie was the pencil and the hand scene where you get stabbed in the hand with the pencil. They made an awesome collapsible pencil and it was spring-loaded, so when someone pulled a string, it would pop off and it would look like he was pulling a pencil out of his hand. Cool. Which is really cool. But guess what? Tom Holland filmed the wrong uh, take and he filmed the face the whole time. So when they got in the editing room, after hours and hours of putting this contraption together, he did not catch the magic on film. Oh, so no. It's not in the movie, but it was designed to be this really cool scene where you see him pull a pencil out of his hand before CGI. Damn. Yeah. Um, and lastly, which is less of special effects and more of just cool visual trickery, the, the main guy, the Charlie, the main actor, he actually broke his ankle running down the stairs in one of the first scenes they filmed. And for the rest of it, they had to get um, a football trainer from the Los Angeles Raiders to come in every day and wrap his foot. And then they would put slits in shoes to like paint on his shoes so you could actually show it in scenes because he had a broken ankle throughout most of it. Oh my wow. God. And they weren't able to film the active running parts until the end of the movie and they kind of rearranged things around that. I was going to so say, it looked like he was running in this movie, but yeah. that makes sense. That's no, neat. No, he was. Um, so How inconvenient. This definitely wasn't the thing as far as special effects go, but I mean, I think it's... They were fun. A really good yeah. job with yeah. Like, oh, yeah. using uh, practical effects to make this movie a lot better than uh, it could have been. Yeah. A lot better than it could have been if it, there wasn't that in it. Mm. Definitely makes it stand out as a vampire movie, yes. for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, so this movie got a 91% on the tomato meter. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and a 76% audience score. Yeah. That's kind of surprising. Um, 
Roger Ebert gave it a three out of four stars. You know oh, he would. That's good. I did not know he would. I do because I think it's still kind of cute that he like isn't like repulsed by it or whatever. There's not much going on that's that offensive. Yeah. He said Fright Night is not a distinguished movie, but it has a lot of fun being undistinguished. That's actually pretty spot on, I yeah. guess. I have another one I want your opinion on. This is from New York Times, like, in 1985. And they said it has a few mildly funny jokes, but its tone is never exactly comedic, and its horrific touches are more disgusting than scary. What do you guys think of that? Who cares? I th- yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. To me, it wasn't that funny, but yeah. I agree with their 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 spot on the funniness there. Like, I don't think it was ever like super funny for the sake right. of being funny, but I, I didn't really think it was just grotesque. Yeah, was, that's where uh, I was kind of like, I didn't think it was like disgusting, but maybe for like eighty five, I don't know. I mean, maybe if Bill Murray was in it, it would have been more funny. Mrs. you'll uh, like this one. <laughs> uh, this is from Radio Times. I don't know what that is, but. Neatly parroting Hitchcock and John Hughes movies, writer-director Tom Holland litters his rattling story with as many laughs as jolts. I feel no. like 80s cute, like, teen movie. Yeah. Maybe, but I but had a... it's not funny. Reddit users, man. They're good. All of, Well, none of them said anything, like, crazy. They all were just like, oh, my God, I love this movie. Whoa. I remember watching this movie when I was I eight. I think, unfortunately, because this movie was made so long yeah. ago that in Reddit you're not going to get reactions on how the movie is, just on, like, people's nostalgic experience yeah. with it. But I will say, um, the Reddit users, most of them actually liked the sequel that came out in, like, 2011, which I haven't seen. Have you? Uh, Matt saw it and said it was pretty good. That's what I, that's what a lot of people were saying. He said he liked it better than the original, but he doesn't like I've horror. I've heard Colin Farrell is the, uh, yeah. the little vampire. And Anton Yelkin. And Chris Randon's in it, too, but I'm not sure who he plays in Maybe he's the uh, older guy. Maybe uh, we do need to watch this. I think, I think Colin Farrell, I think, is the older vampire, and then Anton Yelkin is the kid. But I I want to say it's streaming on something. Probably we need to is. watch it. Yeah. Um, come back to that. Yeah, so basically people love the humor, people love the effects and the nostalgic feel, and they loved Chris Sarandon as the sexy vampire. Mm-hmm. What people didn't like was that they didn't like the gore in Fuck it, off. and the storyline was kind of like all over the place to a lot of people, thinking it was like a bit weak. But overall, most people liked it, moreover, not liked it, which that's nice. That's nice. It's a nice little review. I think I it's a well balanced horror movie. Yeah. yeah. You know? But more, definitely more like teeny bopper than scary for sure. Yeah. I'd be fine watching this with like my nieces and nephews. I feel like they yes. could handle this yeah. one. You show them boobs? Well, I mean, it's life. We yeah. lived in Europe, they'd be able to read a magazine and see, like, naked celebrities that or some t- shit. She did have some nice tits. Oh, I heard Tom Holland made her rub ice over her nipples. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. But then he, he got to do it while stroking his penis at the time. I think oh, it was from the makeup department. I don't know. Oh, well. <laughs> there, uh, so there's a couple taglines. Um, first one, there are some very good reasons to be afraid of the dark. That's a good one. That's pretty 80s. Yeah. Um, if you love being scared, it'll be the night of your life. Okay. It's not really that scary, no. but it's a good one. Okay. I, yeah, I think the first one's better. That's about it, though. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, you know, that is Fright Night for y'all in a nutshell. 
Uh, before we move on to the ratings, I did have a question for you guys that relates to the movie. You guys ready for that? Yes. Okay, so in this movie, obviously, Chris Sarandon, he has quite the power of making females, or males for that matter, uh, fall in love with him pretty easily just through sight. Uh, in a lot of vampire lore and movies, depending on what universe you're looking at, vampires can instantly lock on and kind of trick somebody into doing their wishes or falling for them. So my question to both of you is, would you rather have that power of seduction, like a vampire in this movie where anyone you look at, you could turn on or turn off, but what if you didn't have the power to turn it off? So anybody you looked at would be immediately obsessed in following you and attracted to you. That's parents, that's sisters and nieces, cousins, in a romantic way, they're looking at you thinking, oh, let's go. And so you either have it and you leave, like leave you, your family or you, you can, don't. I think you can be blocked from your family. But in this question scenario, you can't turn it off. So your family is not immune. I was going to say I already have that power, but then oh. I don't know about like the family aspect. I'd probably just say fuck it and use my own charm. Yeah. That's not vampire so you're no. fueled. Shit. So you're saying you're so confident in yourself as it is. Yeah, for That's sure. Kind of like that. Yeah. That, that you don't need the vampire. Yeah, you fake it till you make it. I didn't know that it had to be family too. <laughs> yeah, it has to be family too. Well, God damn it. That's not fair. If you raise a really sexy kid, you're not a, you don't want to fuck your kid most of the time. Most, most of the, the time. time. <laughs> Maybe not all the time. I'm not saying that you can move away from your family. The parent has to do it. And maybe you can like call them all the time. But, you know, you maybe can you can carry a certain crystal that blocks that energy. I don't know, man. God damn it. If what that is was, it? I don't want my family to be attracted to me. I'll tell you right <laughs> now. I'm taking the seduction. <laughs> you are? Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything but that. I mean, I, you know, I'll let Wanda follow me around. I'll just. You know, Ooh, just your you mom is a babe. So. I've I been would hearing too. that since eighth grade, so I it's not that weird to me. <laughs> wow. So you're undecided, Macias. Uh, Your mom's a babe, too. I just want to be wanted by everyone always, all the time, but not my family. Maybe just don't live near them. But I like my family. Yeah, but maybe you just talk to them on the phone. What if they... Yeah. I don't want to get weird, but they're... Maybe <laughs> if you were blindfolded... Then they couldn't see the seduction like, you in your eyes. My face. Yeah, yeah. Something too like beautiful that. Yeah. your eyes. You can make it work. <laughs> sure. Okay. Fine. I'll be seductive then. Well, let's take a break and get back to the ratings. Okay. To finish off the episode, we're going to rate this movie with eleven horror variables, starting with the first of uh, jump scares. We rated this for a twenty-three percent. It's not a very scary movie by any means. I don't remember any jump scares. No. No, there's maybe one or two. Maybe a bad. Minor ones, but uh, <laughs> for soundtrack, we got a 53%. That's a good one. Yeah, I thought the soundtrack, especially in the night, it was very 80s, like, synth vibe. Yeah. And then in the nightclub, all the songs they played were, like, Creatures of the Night and, like, you know, very, yeah. like, um, horror-themed songs. I love songs. It. Yeah. So 53% for soundtrack. For gore, we give us a 53% as well. That's yeah, fair. that's a good one. Not much coming on. There was a lot of good special effects, which we'll get to, but not a lot of like squirting out blood or anything. This guts, like green goo, if you yeah. want to call that gore. Nothing to, nothing to turn your stomach, though. No, not Maybe at all. Maybe the, uh, the hammering of the... Pencil? The um, steak with the mm. blood squirting out okay. into the face. Well, it's probably raising us to what we got already, 53%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for shock value, 26%. We all agree this wasn't a very shocking movie. No, not at all. 
per monster slash killer appeal, we gave it a 50%. This is kind of varied across the board. We had a seven, a six, and a two. Where's the two? Is that you? <laughs> you, Zach. No, it's you. Oh. Well, I don't remember that. That's he's fine. a he's a he's great a, sexy vampire. He's sexy. I just wasn't scared. I don't know why I rated him so low, actually. I'm I was just tantalizing. I watched this at like nine in the morning. I don't know. So fifty percent for monster slash <laughs> uh Messias gave the lowest of two. For special effects, we all kind of agreed his higher score is 76%. Yeah, yeah that's a good Great special effects. And uh, we learned about the uh, the great Ed Lunder. Not his name isn't Ed Lunder. His last name's Ed Lunder. Ed Lund? Ed Lunder. Oh, the special effects dude. Special effects Ed dude. Ed Lund. No, it's not Ed Lund. <laughs> his, his name was um, Richard Edlund. Yeah. Dick Edlund. You said Ed Lunder. No, I said Ed Lund. You said Ed Lunder. Okay, I said Ed Lunder, but... He's Ed Lund. We gave him 76% because they did a really good job yeah. of uh, doing Surprising. all those movies and special or impractical effects. For horniness, we gave this a 53%. And I'm sorry, I gave it a 7. You guys gave it a 5 and a 4. I don't get what that is coming from because these are the first boobs we've seen in the movie in like <laughs> five months. Yeah. 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 Hand You're up right. the thigh was real hot for me. Yeah. Yeah, and him grabbing her ass in the club. Woo, yeah. Crazy. And her grabbing his ass in the club. Her, Ooh. and she was like making sex noises yeah. when he was biting her and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm like, damn, girl, you're like 60. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Uh, yeah, it was good. So 53% of that. Some supple, uh, supple, supple boobs in this one. Yeah. The nice. first ones in the window were pretty. They're pretty good. Oh, she was a playmate. ET dubs. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Back in the day. Sexy. Uh, for scariness, we gave this a 20%. This is not a scary movie. No. This isn't a movie you put the kids to sleep on, you know? They're just going to stay probably jack off to the boobs. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> like like we did. Like we did. Well, there you go. Uh, for acting, we gave this a 56%. I thought it was higher. Or this is lower than I thought it should have been, but, you know, it's fine. Well, this isn't Zach World. This is not Zach World. I've shared three people. Uh, for 56% for acting. For plot, we gave this a 46%. Um, it's, yeah, it is a little long. Plot holes. Assuming it's probably the plot holes you guys are mad about. It just wasn't. Um, it's been done. Mm. You know. Yeah. I mean, the boy who cried wolf. But I'm trying to think. I've seen that so many times, but I don't know if it's been since I've seen this movie. Like newer movies that copied that. But she's like, how many times do you see that happening in a, in a movie? Yeah, where nobody believes oh, like nobody something's believes happening. Oh, I hate that. Towns being taken over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. A lot of that going on. So I'll give you that. So to get into personal scores, I gave this movie a 66%. Um, the reason I gave it that is I really enjoyed it. Like, it's an easy movie to watch. I was able to watch it with Maria. It's not a super scary movie. You don't have to really, you don't have to pay much attention to the details like Hereditary, where there's always something going on that you're going to miss if you're yeah. not on the, you know, uh, brink of your seat. Um, the, I, the reason I gave it exactly a 66% is because I gave Monster Squad a 65%. And uh, I think this movie is like an adult version of Monster Squad, yeah. Yeah. if you will. Like, it has good feelings. I'd, I would suggest it to any friend that's looking for kind of a fun movie to watch, yeah. but yeah. doesn't like watching anything but horror movies. Like an easy transition yeah. into horror. Yeah. yeah. So 66%. Didn't do uh, too bad. I will say this is my favorite Tom Holland movie. I don't yeah. like Child's Play very much. I don't like Thinner very much. Um, this is much higher than both of those. Um... For Macias, you gave us a 62%. What do you think? I don't know what I was going to think about this movie. It's It has such a reputation to live up to. And I didn't know what it was going to be like. I was definitely blown away with the practical effects. 
Yeah. You don't think about that with vampire movies. You think of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night or Interview the Vampire, sexy, little blood on your blouse, like, <laughs> but not like a fucking transformation into a wolf or a bat. Because that's reserved for werewolves. Yeah. yeah, werewolves are like a Cronenberg movie, but yeah. this was, that was not expected and it was awesome. Um, loved the boobs. The story wasn't so strong. It wasn't scary or comedic, but because it's it's just like a perfect um, time capsule of the 80s. Mm. I loved it. I can see, like, I think if I had watched this as a younger kid, it would have made a bigger impression on me. But I can appreciate it as an adult. I bought this off iTunes um, instead of just renting it, so I'm glad I get to watch it again for Halloween. Mm. Yeah. I only rented it, so I have to binge watch it tonight. Yeah. My, my phone. <laughs> right. I did text Wanda because it was her account. I was like, yo, Wanda, here's my Venmo for $4. Also, you want to watch this dope-ass movie? Yeah. The account. I'm sure she'd be into it. I mean, she probably would, be honest. It's not that crazy for her. Cute. Yeah, it cute. is cute. Um, for Ash, gives us 55%. What do you think about that? Um, I was pleasantly surprised with this movie. I thought it was going to be more of a kid's movie. So I was kind of like not looking forward to that. But it wasn't too kiddy. I was pleasantly surprised at how hot this fucking vampire was. And yeah. I was really happy about that. Yeah. Um, I loved that they did a different approach to the vampire with the bats and the wolves. That was neat. And the practical effects. You know, I love practical effects. So... Do I want to watch this often? No. It's probably, I'm probably good on it for a few years. So it's kind of just like, whatever. You can throw it on during Halloween. It's just like a whatever in the background movie. Yeah, this is also a great movie to like make out to, I would say. Sure, yeah. You need like a date movie. I don't know. I would watch this. Yeah. You put your feelers out on like if you're... The person you're going on a date with likes horror, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The problem is the person really likes horror, they're going to want to pay attention. Yeah. That's true. That would be yeah. me watching you the know? movie. Mm. Like, yo, dog, uh, I know you're trying to kiss my neck, but uh, what is this Chris Sarandon character doing with this familiar? Why yeah, but you apples? also get a little turned on when you see all the boobies and stuff. True. So. <laughs> Depends on the person you date, I suppose. Mm. You know? Uh, so overall, we gave this movie a 61%. I'm happy with that. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. It's uh, again, it's not the most horrific movie. It's a little comical, but it does have some great special effects. I think that kind of carries it uh, along the way. And thank you, Tom Holland, for your third submission to this podcast. I think you've probably now uh, rated the highest. Yeah. I would say so. We can look back, but I think 61% might be higher than a child's play score or definitely a thinner score. Yeah. Um, for number of kills, we counted five kills in this movie. It's a pretty normal amount. Yeah. A little uh, low, if you will. Number of sex scenes, we counted a one. Ish. Ish. I, yeah, there's like a few yes. halves in there. Yeah. yeah but you can <laughs> Couple put quarters. Put yeah. A few halves on quarters in there and insinuate one or two sex scenes. Uh, not a lot of jump scares, not a lot of explosions, but there are about three monsters. Mm-hmm. You got Ed, you got the uh, the vampire, Chris Sarandon, and then you got Billy Cole, the familiar. Um, to get into next week, you're excited. I'm excited. Because it's fan pick vampire week. It is one of my favorites. And if one of you choose one of those interview for vampire movies, I will come to your house and I'll slit your throat and I'll smoke a joint out of your esophagus. I'm going to pick Martin. I want Martin. I'm fine with Martin. I'm just saying if someone says interview for vampire, I'm done. Twilight, you got to watch it. 
If no. if we get four Twilights, you got to watch it. You say that until we do, and then we have to watch Twilight. But As if it's that. a bad thing. Yeah, so no. to clarify for everyone else, uh, we will be putting a question on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to ask all the fans of what vampire movie would you like to cover for our last week of February and please put in submissions. And by Monday, we have, next week, we will put out what movie we're choosing. Again, this again has to be a vampire movie. It has to be a movie we haven't done in the past. And it cannot be Interview with a Vampire. Twilight. Or Twilight. I mean, you can put it down. We'll see what happens with it. Okay, take everything to a close. Uh, thanks for listening. Feel free to write us at hornyhorror at gmail.com or contact us at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at hornyhorrorhour. Um, other than that, uh, thanks for keeping up with us past the Valentine's Day uh, spirit. And uh, if you see any vampires or you're living next to somebody you don't like, make friends with them. Yeah. I don't know if that's always something you can do. Just be like, what up? Give them a nod. You know, maybe bring them some like cookies. Cookies, some baked goods. Elephants live above me. Same. And-